0: Sober Gratitude's podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage the recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness Clothing supports Sober Gratitude's mission, everyone can receive a discount when shopping. Use the code GRATITUDE20 at checkout. Also, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We're stronger together when we come together.
1: My husband and I were going out taking the dog for a walk. And um, I just all of a sudden I turned to him and I said I can't do this anymore Mm. and he and he said what do you mean us and I said no not us (laughs) um I said drinking I can't do it anymore and it just wasn't doing anything like it used to for me and um and I was miserable you know there was nothing left of me um inside You know, Mm -hmm. my self-esteem was in the gutter. Um, I was so tired of the vicious cycle and all the drama. And it just beat me. And um, that was the day I surrendered. Hi
0: everyone, my name is Sarah. And welcome to Sober Gratitudes, Episode 9. You just heard an excerpt from today's episode with Anne. It's a profound statement of what happens to many of us when we get to a place where we finally let go and surrender to our act of alcoholism. When we get to this place, we are so lucky because it offers us the opportunity to change our lives for the better Anne was so grateful for her transformation that she wrote a memoir called Coming Clean, Ending My Affair with Alcohol, and Learning to Be My True Self. It is a beautiful memoir that you can find on Amazon. I'm excited for you to hear our conversation about the wonderful things that happen to us when we get sober. So let's give a warm welcome
1: to Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good.
0: I'm so glad we got connected. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for coming on my show.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. Um,
0: well, for the listeners, I'm talking with Anne today, and I know her from Instagram. Her um, handle is called Author A. Rainey. So Author A and R A I N Y all one word. And it's called that because you are an author.
1: (laughs) Yes. First time. That's great.
0: Um, I can't I can't wait to have listeners hear about it. But first, before we get started on all that, I'd like to start with an icebreaker question. Um, and because it's the new year, we're recording on January 2nd. Um Do you do New Year's resolutions or is that something of the past for you? Yeah,
1: I I don't do them um, because I kind of try to continually set goals for myself, um, whether it's personal or whether it's... um, you know how I different ways that I can move forward in my life and in my sobriety. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you know, just do it for January 1st each year. Um, but you know, I look back on each year and can see my growth, um, in different ways. Um, Primarily in my sobriety, but just personally and being more aware of who I am as a person where, you know, when I was drinking, I was very lost with who I was and and what I liked, what I didn't like. And so, um, you know, each year brings more new things to the forefront for me which I never would have expected and never would have happened if I had continued to drink yes
0: yeah that's that makes sense yeah New year's resolutions for me are I sometimes do that I they never seem to work for me and I think it's because the one day at a at a time kind of mentality. Yes. Staying in the day. Staying in the day work. So I actually had I was talking with a friend earlier this morning and she told me that she's picking a word or a mantra for the year. Oh. Which I thought was kind of cool. And she yeah. said she said that she was thinking about using the word savor for the for the year. Huh. And I'm like, oh that sounds interesting. And then I started yes. th- I started thinking about it. I thought maybe I'll maybe the word breathe I'll use the word breathe
1: yes that's a great one
0: yeah I don't know yes.
1: so for me um my word would be pause hmm. um tell me more about that well it's funny because when I was drinking I wouldn't express my opinion you know I would always agree I was a great people pleaser and um like many of us are who are in recovery or were. Um, And it's something I still battle with, but I found my voice in sobriety and growing up, I wasn't able to express anger. So um, once I got some years of sobriety under my belt, I found my voice and I found my opinion. And, but then it's like, it was like unleashed, you know, and so not always wanted my opinion. I mean, um, you know, it wasn't always a place for me to share my opinion. Um, and I have learned to recognize when people, when someone wants my opinion, um, and, I find that when things annoy me, I need to pause before I react. And so I think it was about in October this year that I was at a meeting and someone said, I need to pause before I decide what I'm going to do. And I was like, that is perfect. And so And, you know, there are times I forget to do that, but I really, this year, I want to focus on making that a part of me so that I learn to pause and learn to know when, yeah, it's okay for me to share my thoughts and when it's not, if that makes sense.
0: It does. I love that, Anne. I love that word. And in fact, I might have to steal that word and make it for myself. (laughs) because I, I get it. I, that gift of just not trying to take over a conversation or interrupt somebody or like the control, like controlling a conversation. Yeah. That's something I used to to do and, and I see it now when other people do it. Yes. And I feel like it's such power. yes when we do pause because then absolutely it allows the other person to either let whatever they just said say like sink in Mm -hmm. to their own brains and kind of like settle into like the air between us yes and then and and then it gives you know us the ones that are pausing the the power to decide if okay is it my response going to be Kind, yes, or um, helpful or useful, right? Um, and that, and that in the I, we've talked about. I've talked about this in other interviews about how people think that when they get sober, they're going to lose their power, you know, give yes. it away. But, but that's an example of really getting, like, obtaining power. It
1: is, it is like
0: a good kind of power. I love and, that. That's
1: a great word. And even you know, there's a lot of power in not saying anything yep you know um you can get your point across um by not engaging too Mm -hmm. um so it it just works on so many different levels with me and makes so much sense and kind of helps me to give myself boundaries as well um You know, is this a place like you were saying, is this a place where um, I can be helpful Mm -hmm. or is this a place where my words aren't going to be kind? And if they're not, then I need to not say them. Mm -hmm. And I never used to be that way. Um, Maybe it's because I'm older now, um, but it's just I kind of state more what I feel. And, you know, I never felt that I, I never felt that what I said meant anything anyhow, um, when I was drinking, but now I'm realizing how much power my words can have and, but I want them to be kind and from my heart and not from my head. I love that. It, it, it's such a wonderful thing
0: to be able to do that. And it also helps the other person, I think too, because I think sometimes other people are, cause I used to be that other, and I still can sometimes be that other person where I'm talking, 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 and I'm not really listening to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody pauses that you're talking to, you have a moment to like, ha- that sinks in like, Oh, what did I just say? Yeah. And, and then I, then I correct myself. Mm -hmm. And, and that's happened with me with some people um, who do it more than others you know, the kind of talking and like that fear-based. Yes. Yes. And, and I don't want to be pulled into that kind of fear-based talking and the power of using uh, the power of pausing. Yes. is, Is very effective in that kind of. Yes. Conversation. Yes yeah oh, I love it so breathe so breathing pausing and listening because yeah. listening was another word I was thinking of as well so yep great these are great ideas terrific um okay well so I want to hear about we haven't talked about your book um we talked a little bit before this recording and I it, I have to admit I have not read the book yet <laughs> I did read a little bit about it um and I've ordered it so I'm I'm Thank you so much. To read it. Yes, So I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to share with the listeners what got you to a place of, of, of writing this book. Like what, what, and um,
1: yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, It's really interesting that <laughs> when I first got sober um, for me and I, I was reading, of another woman's journey and it was so helpful for me um i needed all the information i could get my hands on and but reading about another person's journey i found very helpful and um so i think it was like i don't know my third or fourth year in sobriety i started out with telling my story and I I wrote it out on the computer and I saved it, and periodically I would add to it, and then just left it alone for several years. And I think it was now a year and a half ago I became friends with this woman through our dogs, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and she is an author, and out of nowhere and it had to be my higher power but the thought came into my head to ask her if she if I continued kind of pulling together my thoughts on on my writings whether she would read it and give me an idea whether it's something I should pursue as far as publishing my own book of my journey and so she did and she loved it and so i continued writing and then um she put me on to the fact that i needed a structural editor just to kind of put things in the right places
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so that it wasn't scattered and i knew in a few places it was and so I searched for this type of an editor and I came up with this one company and um, talked to the woman, very personal, personable, and um, she knew about addiction. And um, so we coordinated and she hooked me up with her assistant and her assistant come to find out, um, was in Al-Anon. So it's like all these doors and all these wonderful people that I met along my journey of publishing this book, I knew that it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And um, so I kept working on it. And then um, this editor, the company... Pulled in a publisher that would publish books onto Amazon. And so I went forward with them using their publisher, and voila, the book came to fruition. And, you know, my my whole goal with it is if it could help one person, like that book helped me, Mm -hmm. um, then it's all worth it. So that's wonderful. And the book is called
0: coming clean and you're, and you're, I'm looking at on your Instagram page right now. And I love the image that you're standing towards the water of a lake with your arms spread open. And if that's not an image of the, the, what, we feel like in sobriety and like yes, in, in true emotional sobriety. That freedom, that peace, like that is such an incredible image.
1: What a and that's so great that you said that because that is what I wanted to portray. Um, you did so. it perfectly. That, that and that's you. I'm assuming. On the yes. Order? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and my husband took the picture. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And that's then my publisher picture. worked with it and and loved it. So.
0: Um, That's, that's wonderful. So it's it's called coming clean, ending my affair with alcohol and learning to be my true self. I love that. And, you know, it's, I, I come across people who, you know, we all, we all feel that these same feelings of, you know, becoming authentically ourselves and sobriety and, and that word affair. It's so amazing because when I, speak of when I started drinking alcohol 25 years ago, yeah, it was the beginning of a torrid love affair.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And, and that just, and affairs do, they don't really end that well, right? So no, no, <laughs> usually, you know, most times maybe they do sometimes, but for, for me, at least I know that this, my affair just became, you know, turned into something that was destroying me. Yes, exactly. So so I had to end that affair. So that's wonderful. Wonderful. I can't wait to read it. So um, what one thing I ask my my um, guests who come on is is the day one question, which is, you know, what was it in your life that brought you to either your first or your final day one or
1: that day one of beginning of sobriety um it's such a good question because i still remember the day and i don't want to ever forget it Mm -hmm. um but my husband and i were going out taking the dog for a walk and um i just all of a sudden i turned to him and i said i can't do this anymore And he, and he said, what do you mean us? And I said, no, not us. Um, I said, drinking, I can't do it anymore. And it just wasn't doing anything like it used to for me. And, um, and I was miserable, you know, there was nothing left of me, um, inside, you know, Mm -hmm. my self-esteem was in the gutter. Um, I was so tired of the vicious cycle and all the drama and it just beat me. And, um, that was the day I surrendered. And, um, so, and I suffer from depression and, um, so it was interesting because I needed to talk to my psychiatrist and I fessed up. And I said, you know, the medications can't be helping me because I'm drinking. (laughs) And um, so I made a pact with him that as I was going to AA meetings that are my meetings um, that I would find a sponsor and I found the best one for me. And, um, and it just made such a difference in my life and, you know since then everything just keeps getting better and um you know not that life is perfect i mean life continues to happen to all of us um but now i have the tools of how to walk through each of those situations and i also know that now i don't have to do it alone and mm-hmm. and i'm not expected to do that alone um so you know, it's it's wonderful to learn these tools of how to handle life. So I, I'm so grateful um, that I reached that moment and that I was able to get it, you know, and mm-hmm. to get what sobriety was all about. And was I scared? Oh, my gosh. I was petrified. Like somebody was taking away my security blanket. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what was going to replace that? But um, it's so worth it. It is. I love that.
0: Your story I can identify with um, because I, I too um, have depression, depression and anxiety. Yes. And and I do need to take medication for it. Me too. I have no shame over that. Yep. Because yep. it sure does make my life easier. It's one right of the many little, it's, a, it's like one of the puzzle pieces of many puzzle pieces that, that keeps me intact. Yes, um, <laughs> absolutely. And um, that, that's, that's so one true. Thing, yeah. And, you know, it's one thing that I, we, I haven't touched on that much yet in my interviews is that often with alcoholism, active alcoholism, it goes hand in hand with um, our mental health Yes and some people don't have that co- yes. um diagnosis that you know, right. both both of those, but in the years that I've been in recovery, I have come across the majority of the people I come across also have depression and anxiety agree so, I agree' Cause what we used we i know from for myself like i I started drinking because it kind of melted the anxiety away, it yeah, kind of, and it was kind of like getting hooked up to an i v ativan yes
1: um absolutely
0: and and then and then it just doesn't it gets to a place of not working anymore right so yes and I
1: was I was you know self-medicating for the depression for back pain um Mm. you know you name it and um so yeah it's um it's so nice to have a clear mind and know that, you know, my medications are going to help me with my depression. So I don't have to go into that bottomless pit. Yeah. So,
0: Oh, it's such a, uh, such a relief to get to that place. And yes, I don't know about uh, you, but I, I look back to the days that I drank and took medication for my depression anxiety and it didn't work. No. And, and I kept thinking, well, I, I must not have depression or anxiety because medication's not working.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Or that that's as good as it gets. You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It
0: wasn't until I got sober and realized, oh wait, I really am depressed and anxious. It's just that yes. the drinking with the medication just does not doesn't work. Right. So yeah. well, so tell me about your experience about the writing, like the you came, you were a school, I read about that you were once a school counselor and yes. And you retired now you said? Yes. Okay. Um, so that, so you were in active addiction while you were a school counselor?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and I never drank on the job, mm-hmm. but I always made sure I had my stash when I got home. Oh yeah. 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 So, um and there were very there were several mornings when I went in hungover.
0: Mhm.
1: So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that can get exhausting, right?
1: It is. <laughs> it's it is because you put on this face and you do your job and um you know, I um I worked hard at my job, but while I was drinking I didn't feel that I was making a difference or that I was any good at my job. Mm. And once I got sober, I was able to discover that I do like my job. I loved my job and that I could make a difference. And um, you know, that was, that was such a relief to me. And Mm. um, even in retirement, Um, I'm still connected with a lot of my former students and, you know, that is just a blessing. Um, so, um, so you had the experience of
0: being an active alcoholic and then in recovery while before you retired. Yes. Wow. That's, that's incredible to be in the same job and then experience, you know, that transformation. Yes. Because I mean, the transformation, I know we, I talk a lot about, about in the interviews is that there is this incredible transformation that occurs yeah. when we reach a place of an emotional, emotional sobriety and not, not like, not just putting the drink down, you know, not being a dry drunk, but, you know, reaching a place of emotional sobriety and we changed and we changed yes. in ways we never expected, it. And so then to have that opportunity and to feel like you're useful in your job. Yes. It must've made your exit then in retirement that much more um, joyful, I guess, or like, it was,
1: it was, um, bittersweet because the reason why I retired was because of my, um, I have major back issues. And so I had to retire partly because of my health with my back. Um, mostly, I mean, that was, that was the reason I just Uh couldn't get up and do it every day anymore. Um, because it was taking such a toll on me, Mm. um, health wise. And so, but I was able to exit on a good note. But I also at the same time missed it, because, you know, it wasn't like I had burned out, Mm -hmm. um, like so many people do. Um, But it was, and it was funny because that last year, people near the end of the school year, people were like, "Are you counting down the days?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm Aww. just trying to enjoy them all, <laughs> so Aww. and get everybody set, you know, for the following school year." Yeah. So,
0: did I'm you pretty- find that people no- noticed a difference in you when you started to
1: recover? Um, some of the people closest to me, yes, but the others, no, um, because I've had people who have read my book and have commented that I had no idea you mm-hmm. were going through all that. And, um, so I put a good mask on and, um, you know, while I was drinking and going through recovery, um, um, and we're good at that you know we're good at hiding we are what is actually going on so um but but I sure knew the difference yes
0: yes and that and that's what's most important right you know because, yeah because then i know for me i had the same experience not many people knew and and that i was secretly you know, suffering and keeping the secret, this shameful secret. And, and I was, you know, as it got worse towards the end and I was just spewing out toxicity, like my energy, like the vibrations of my soul were just very negative and putting Mm -hmm. out negative negativity out in the world and my relationships and, and how I treated people. And then I think that's something that people might've noticed. You know, mm-hmm. Started to get better. That I wasn't like I now that I feel like I like to, but I just automatically spew out peace and, and yes and calm because yes. that's how I authentically feel. Right now that I'm not, you know, enchained by, you know, the grips of alcoholism. Yes. yes, they can really, you know, weigh you down. It's 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 just
1: it really takes over your body, mind, and soul. It sure does. Yeah. And you know, you're just, um, bound by it.
0: And that, and then, and then you, now you get, because you're sober, you get the opportunity
1: to write
0: and then publish a book. Yeah. Which which I never,
1: ever would have thought would happen.
0: (laughs) That that's amazing. So, let, let's talk, I know, cause we I always like to talk about gratitudes and yes, we kind of do, we have already, but tell me like, you know, we talked before he, before we recorded about how the gratitudes just suddenly start to come up for us as we are in a healthier place and body, mind and spirit, and we see things differently and sometimes they're expected and sometimes they're unexpected for me. A lot of it was unexpected. Tell me about like those unexpected gratitudes that happen for us when we get sober and uh, get emotionally sober. Anything that happened to you or that you experienced that was surprising?
1: Um, well, actually writing my book, um, that never would have happened if I was drinking, um, I lost my dad the year after I retired and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I can be there for my mom now.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, tell me more. About, yeah.
0: Say more about that. Like being there for her, like how, um, like how would it was be different if you
1: were drinking and trying uh, to support her, well, she can push my buttons very <laughs> much because we had a rough Um, she was rough as a mom for me to deal with. Um, and I talk about that in my book and, um, so I'm grateful because if I was drinking, it would just be total bedlam between the two of us and, you know, just total negativity. And now I'm able to help her. And I can also set up boundaries and know when I need to walk away. Um, It just, it wouldn't have been good at all. It wouldn't have been good for her and it wouldn't have been good for me. Um, And, you know, I worked really hard at not hurting her um, in any way. And... um, So, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful that I'm close to my brother and his family. Although they're out on the West coast, we still remain very, very close. And again, if I were drinking, if I was drinking, I would have ruined those relationships. They, they wouldn't exist. Um, and I'm grateful for my husband because if I had continued drinking, chances are we would have ended up divorced. Mm Um, he is such a blessing to me and I almost ruined it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he stopped drinking the, the minute I figured out I was an alcoholic. Um, so he's been sobered longer than I have. So, um, and, um, you know, he's, he's just been so supportive of me and, um, you know, I, I'm just blessed by him. Um, I don't, it, there've just been so many things. Um, I would have lost my job. We wouldn't have a house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just, um, I'm grateful for all the people who kind of enter into my life um, whether it's through meetings or just, um, through other acquaintances, you know, it's just, I'm just, I have so much to be grateful for. That, that seems to happen to a lot of
0: us, right? There's a lot of improvement in our relationships with people when we get sober and, and subsequently you can be a different kind of person. You can be the person you were meant to be with, for example, your mother who was, you know, yeah. sad and suffering when you lost your father, you could be there for her during that time. And I'm sure she really appreciated that. Yeah. Whether she told you or not Um, that, but it, I know that I've had that opportunity to support friends when we lost a friend at a young age of cancer. Yeah. And I was, you know, of of course, grief stricken, but because I had three or four years of sobriety at that point under my belt, I was able to be present for my friends who were really, really struggling. Yes. And for the children and, and yeah, be present and being present is such a, such a gift. Right. we're We're not focusing on ourselves and
1: Right. Our, 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 our selfish needs. It's
0: more about the other person. Right.
1: Yeah. And I have um, one of my brother's daughters, um, became addicted to pills. And so I was able to be a support to her and to her parents. And now I have a niece on my husband's side who is has tried several times to get clean and from drugs. And so I'm currently working with her, too. So none of that would have I would never have been able to help other people at all if I had continued to drink.
0: And and do you want to help when they when this comes up?
1: I do, but Mm -hmm. I also know that I can't fix it. And I have to remind myself that all I can do is make suggestions. Mm -hmm. And um, But I have no control over the outcome. But, um, like, I'm hoping to get my niece, who's local here, to a meeting tomorrow. And, you know, she might back out at the last minute. And you know that's up to her, right? Um, but she knows that I'm available.
0: You know, you touched on something really important, and and it's a useful topic for anyone, whether you're in recovery or not. Or the 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 word fix, you know, yeah. fixing others like that. That's yeah. something I I think as society, we can talk about society, and I can get on, on my soapbox, but you know. <clears throat> there's this expectation that if somebody comes to you for help, that you're supposed to solve their problem and, right. And help sometimes means just listening, right. Just being a shoulder to cry on. Right. You know, we don't need to, you know, be that, um, you know, that savior who can fix that problem and make everything, you know, tie it up with a pretty bow. Right. And that's, again, the, the freedom that we get in sobriety, that that's yes. very powerful. That we are relieved of that that um, expectation, whether we feel it from ourselves or anybody else, of fixing others. That, right. That we can't. We we don't have that kind of control or power. You know that. Right. All we can do is you know change what we do and what we
1: say. Exactly. And it's usually a better way of helping the problem. Right, right. And that was something in my job as a school counselor that while I was drinking, I felt that I had to fix everything. Mm. And as I got sober and learned the tools, I realized that I didn't have that power. And it made me much more effective in Mm. my job. Um, And Then it was amazing the growth that I would see. And sometimes (laughs) there was this one student who came to me near the end of the school year. And I had been harping on her that she was going to fail this one class and not graduate. She came to my office right near the end of the days for the seniors. And she said, I'm going to fail physics and you need to fix it. (laughs) And I said, I'm really sorry, but I don't have that power. I said, you're the one who's got the power. So I suggest you go and talk to that teacher. And she said, but you're my counselor. You're supposed to fix it. (laughs) And I said, I'm sorry, I can't fix this. And she slammed my door, slammed the outer office door. (laughs) And um, she did solve the problem for herself. And it was like, maybe five years after she graduated, she got in touch with me and thanked me. Um, I love it. Yeah. And it's like, that is just, you know, kind of case in point that we don't have that power.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, um, and uh, I can't wait for people to hear this interview and then, and then order your book coming clean. It's just, I can't read oh, it. I can't read it. And um so for the listeners out there you know that have have come to my podcast and they're they're wondering whether or not they have a problem or or they they feel they've been trying to quit on their own or you know they're mm. unsure what 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 is what would
1: you suggest to those kind of um experience? I would suggest finding a program um, and f- realizing that it's something that none of us can do by ourselves. And um, I've never met anybody who's been able to stop an addiction. And be able to live a healthy life without some sort of a program that is offering them support and the tools to handle life. Um, And, you know, just know that you don't have to do it alone and um, that there's so much help out there. And so many of us who have been through it and are more than willing to offer a helping hand. That's wonderful. I agree because there's so many
0: people who, when they do get sober, they w- they're waiting for people to come to them and ask for help to get sober because they want to give back Yes, um, to what was so freely given to them. and And that that's what happened for me is that I, I found a recovery of, a program of recovery that worked for me. And, yes, and I still, you know, after almost eight years of being in the program, I still go to meetings because it, yes, because even though I don't have that obsession to drink anymore, I still like problems in life come up and yes. I can go to people and to people that I've known for these eight years now and who know me and know what I've been through, they can guide me and they can make suggestions and, and then I can, they, they kind of put me on that path of figuring out how I need to resolve an issue or let go of an
1: issue. Right.
0: And so what a wonderful thing there, there I'm, I'm being given the power to, you know, to, to make a difference, to change myself and then gain that confidence in myself. Right. Right. Confidence that, like you said, in the beginning that you, you, you were not a very self-confident person, Um, No. While you're drinking, I, I was not either. I was not a a confident person. I had very low self-esteem. Yes. And uh, the program of recovery that I, that I'm in gave that, you know, gave that to me. They helped me to kind of build that for myself. So it's.
1: Right. And it's, I found that when I found the program that works for me, when I walked in, I felt like I belonged Mm. and everybody was talking about the feelings that I had. And it was like, wow, they feel that way too. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So, um, and that's what a program can do for people. It's like, you'll know when you're at the right one because you will feel like I fit.
0: Yep. That's wonderful. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Anne, thank you so much for for talking um, on my podcast today. I know what you've shared will help so many people. And then on top of that, your book Coming Clean. I know you're gonna help so many people. So get to Amazon and order Ann's book coming clean. Thank you so much. Yeah. And and the author you have it's A Rainey Gibbs. Correct. Yes. Okay, okay good. Yeah. Wonderful. And
1: um, thank you for what you're doing, Sarah. This is wonderful. So oh. I hope lots of people get to hear your podcast because um, they're, they're going to be wonderful.
0: Uh, thank you. That's my mission is to, let like with you writing your book, if I can reach just one person, you know, to, yes. to maybe that person will ask for help right and, and that's all we need to do is is when we finally ask for help then things start to change for the better and um that's what i'm my mission is for this podcast so so thank you for it's being wonderful. a part of it thank I, you I to... so much okay we well, have a wonderful day and... thank you
1: you as well okay all right, all take right. Care. you too bye-bye
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode with Anne. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the many gifts of a sober life. Please make sure you visit Amazon and order her memoir called Coming Clean, Ending My Affair with Alcohol and Learning to Be My True Self. Today's episode was a glimpse into her heartfelt memoir. It is a compelling story of recovery, telling of life situations and a major trauma she got through while sober. It is a five-star must-read. If you have liked what you've been hearing on my podcast, please write a review on iTunes. Writing reviews on iTunes will help people find this show and inspire someone to ask for help today. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope, through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.